Hey, welcome. It is 1107. Glad to have you with us on a Think Tank Thursday. Uh, I, I wrapped up the hour because I'd seen this uh, study come up on Citizen Free Press about uh, uh, cholesterol and, and uh, the statins that people are taking. And then I went to the study itself, and holy Toledo, this is... I'm going back uh, on Bob Adkins' diet. I'm, I'm convinced especially after reading the study. And uh, these aren't hamburgers either. Uh, pardon the expression. Uh, Harvard Medical School, Boston, Mass. Uh, quite a study. Wow. I'll, uh, I'll dig into this uh, and maybe maybe we'll come up with uh, some more information. But I, I, I'm thinking, uh, read the study, bring it to your doctor, let your doctor and you come to some conclusion. I don't want to tell you what to do or what not to do, but I am really seriously concerned about these uh, statins that are being prescribed all over the place. All right, I've gone uh, clean off the uh, reservation here on a Think Tank Thursday, uh, and I need to get back on it because Como Buzz with one Z. Como Buzz, Mike Murphy has stepped into the studio. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Gary. All right, uh, we've got uh, some ground to cover here. Uh, uh, we had a conversation yesterday on the air with uh, Mr. Will Roth, who has uh, filed a complaint against uh, several city council members and the mayor. Um, what have you uncovered? What, it, is he right? Does well, he appear to be? He appears to be. It's going to boil down to... So, nobody's going to argue, I don't think, that you can't use public resources, elected officials are prohibited by actually law, not just ethics, from using public resources to advocate for a ballot issue. The ballot issue is Nick Knoth's recall. Uh, the councilman from the first ward, Nick Knoth, is uh, uh, under a recall. Uh, he, he will be, there will be a recall election for him on April 2nd. So, so, the, so that's the ballot issue. The issue then is public resources. Uh, Will Roth would tell you, and I tend to agree, although this would be arguable, and I, I think this is kind of the crux of the issue, is is the city council dais a public resource? There's a lot of information out there that won't specifically say that, but certainly argues in favor that, you know, it's it's supported by the public. It's it's an official uh, uh, public resource, and therefore it's it's not appropriate for conducting political or uh, campaign business. And what happened at uh, last Tuesday's council meeting, which is really, really dumb in and of itself, which has led to this, but hold that off for a second. What happened was, is during a public comment period, which they didn't need to have, which is the dumb part, five, yeah, five, six of the council members. So let's see, there's six council members. Yes, five of the six One's being recalled. So four council members and one mayor, that's the five of them, all had fairly lengthy commentaries on how they, you know, support Nick Knoth and they um, bemoaned this recall effort uh, in, in public session from the dais. And Will Roth, who, you know, he's a uh, he's founded this Como Watchdog group. He does good work. He's a credible guy, uh, does his homework, is knowledgeable and one of the few people uh, alongside me, actually, who uh, really pay attention to what's going on in city council. Uh, he's saying, no, this is all wrong. You can't do that. And he's filed the complaint. Uh, and I assume that we have not heard anything from uh, the secretary of state. No, he would have just got it yesterday. And I'm thinking about putting a call in. I don't know. That's the question is how fast do they react? Sometimes 
if you put in an ethical complaint to the Missouri Ethics Commission, I mean, that could take, uh, I've seen that take two years. It took them two years to decide that Brian Treese here, the mayor, couldn't keep a, uh, a campaign committee, and therefore he had to resign. So they can sit on it. They can do nothing. Now, the Secretary of State, I'm not sure about. I've not seen a, so this didn't go to the Ethics Commission, although I think the Secretary of State actually sends it there. Uh, but then they hire, if they're going to pursue it, they will name a uh, prosecutor and a prosecutor will investigate it. And then he'll come back and he'll find out exactly what pretty much I just told you is there's no question they said everything. I mean, it's recorded. You can go watch it on TV. I quoted them at length in a story I put up on Como Buzz today. There's absolutely no question that they, uh, you know, you, I don't want, I don't want to pass judgment on the nature of their, them up there, you know, uh, you know, talking about what a great councilman Nick Knoth is and how this recall election is all wrong. Uh, that'll happen. No question about that. So the question is, is did they violate an election law by advocating for a ballot issue with public resources that utilized public resources? So this, the answer to this could be subjective. Yeah, it depends on if I think it comes down to did, is the city council dais a public resource? I think that's the whole i think it all comes right down to that oh if it comes down to that then then he's got it because it is uh, i think so too it's tax funded I, I agreed that's what that's what a whole lot of people are saying but the city the city uh attorney uh split some hairs which isn't surprising she i don't think she really wants to come down on it yet i did talk to uh i got a response from one of the uh, city council members betsy peters who actually would be one of the most reasonable or you know most i don't know what you would call the one who I would rely on the most to have uh, a reasonable judgment, she doesn't seem too concerned. She says they're going to be exonerated, that they didn't do anything wrong. So she, uh, somebody's telling her that. She didn't come up with that on her own. So I don't know. You know, I, this is going to take a little while to uh, come out. But I, I, I think exactly like you just said, it, it boils down to the way I see it. Unless somebody wants to say that that city council dais isn't a public resource, then I, I think they're I think they violated the law. Yeah, uh, the utilities are paid by taxpayers. Yeah. Uh, the mortgage, the repairs, yeah. the maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think he's got. Uh, I think he's got the case there. Uh, let's talk about uh, Boone County scheduling uh, an election for April tooth. Yeah, freezing property tax increases because I really do mix this. Meet this with mixed emotions, yep. Mike. I do too, and so do commissioners. Uh, so. For now, let's just say there's two arguments. There's the argument you're just mentioning, and it's a very valid one. Should we do this? Uh, uh, you can, you know, you can you can argue that. But what this is coming down to is, is the uh, the Senate put out a a passed a bill. Well, the legislature passed a bill. The government approved it. It's called SB 190. Is how it's referred to. That allows counties to implement this freeze on property tax increases, annual increases. Uh, I think it's generally conceded that it's a very poor bill in its workable fashion. It wasn't vetted. It wasn't run through the or the, the normal, uh, uh, you know, the vetting process that a, a bill typically has to go through. It came out at the end of a session. And it's full of flaws. So that's one criticism. However, uh, Cherie Tolson Rice, our state representative from District 44 here, is leading a petition drive to get it on the ballot. Let me back up. Commissioners, county commissioners have the ability to put that into law right now if they want to two votes of their three votes and that becomes law in boone county and it can be implemented the county in the county building and the county commissioners though one of their th- th- there's two things and how it gets complicated number one they don't want to do it they don't want to have a tax they don't want to have a tax 
uh, refund or exemption or freeze, period. But two of them are up for election this year. I think there's a general feeling that it will pass if it gets on a ballot. So the will of the people are going to go ahead and force this to be implemented. Uh, and they think it's a bad bill the way it's written. So what? So Shree's out gathering signatures to force this on the ballot in August, which she, which is what the legislature put into place that the citizens' competition to get this on the ballot and it would pass. Commissioners now, just this week, I think to sort of preempt this, they've decided to put on the ballot April 2nd, which is when school election is, which is who really loses the property taxes, by the way. But a, a similar question, but it's not whether to implement SB 190, which was reported incorrectly in much media here in the last couple of days. It's to implement a, uh, a tax freeze similar to what's asked for in 190, but it leaves the door open for them to decide how and the way to do that. So they can craft it the way they want to. Now, to give them the benefit of the doubt, so Sri's saying, yeah, they're, they're just not going to do it. They're going to reduce it. They're not going to make it what it should be. That's one side of that argument. The rest of it is, no, they're going to try to get it right. They're going to try to follow the intent of it. That's what they would say. But what they're asking citizens to do is show up on April 2nd and vote for this tax freeze without even really knowing the mechanism that it will be, expecting that people will vote to approve this tax freeze, or they'll be happy if they don't. And then it will be on to them now. They have several months until August to kind of put something together, which they'd already be working on, to implement some type of tax freeze on property taxes more to their preferred liking than would be SB 190 that's coming along in uh, August. Both of which are likely to end up in court and both of which is going to be a big old mess. But that's kind of what's going on. It's, it's commissioners are preempting this so that they can kind of get control of it. Well, I, the reason I meet, uh, I greet this with mixed emotions, Mike, is you know, I've, I feel sorry for senior citizens on a fixed income who have owned their homes for years, and because the government continues to spend and increase their real estate taxes, uh, find themselves having to give up their home because they can no longer afford the, 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 the everyday bills plus the tax. And so I feel sorry for them, and I think this is a good idea. On the other hand, I think you got a young family, you're feeding those kids, and you know how they outgrow their clothes, and you're always... And, and you're going to have to bear the brunt of those tax increases. Uh, and you're just a young family starting out that's like, you know, breaking their kneecaps. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, but my personal uh, belief is you shouldn't be able to tax something that somebody already paid for. You should go to a consumption tax. Uh, and then it eliminates the whole thing. Get rid of this personal property and property tax. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, though, we're going to be faced with this issue. That, you know, we're probably inching closer to that, although when you watch what's going on in Jeff City, you never know if we're really getting closer or not. But but at the end of the day, this whole thing's going to blow up here. On your argument, plus most of the wealth is with the senior citizens. You know, it seems to be a big overkill for a problem that they're trying to solve, and it might have a lot of unintended unintended consequences. The other thing is, is now you go to a ballot issue that, uh, that uh, requires a tax increase. Well, all the senior citizens who are the ones to show up to vote... They show up to vote, and and they're not on the hook for the increase. Yeah, what do I care? It's not my taxes going up. <laughs> yeah. All right, we gotta, we're got we going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Mike Murphy, Como Buzz with one Z, ComoBuzz.com. Uh, and uh, when we come back, uh, we'll uh, find out if there's an update on the fire and police pension and uh, the uh, groundbreaking uh, for a volunteer action center. 
All that coming up next on the Gary Nolan Show. Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 22 minutes after the hour. Uh, a quick update. We talked with uh, Ron Calzone about this, uh, this deal with the uh, uh, Liberty Caucus. And uh, Tony Lupo, Professor Lupo, is going to be on board to, to give us some more clarification. There is a note sort of floating around, and we don't know if we could talk about it, but it seems to be in the zeitgeist already. Uh, so we're going to find out what's in it, what it's, what it's about, and uh, you'll all get clarification. Uh, and this, uh, you know, literally affects the entire state of Missouri. Uh, so we will uh, get to that shortly. But Mike Murphy is in the studio with us, and he is with Como Buzz. He's also with Zimmer Radio, too. Um, in fact, it, Brian, does this make him a uh, Zimmer Radio News God or Godette or something? I, a Godette. I've never heard that term before, I, well, but it I, works. That sounds pretty it? feminine to me, I think. Yeah, it does have a, an effect. <laughs> I, don't like yeah, that. I don't like that term. <laughs> no, all right, we, well, because uh, we already know Brian Houseworth is the Zimmer Radio News God, uh, so he would be... How about Murphy Man? <laughs> Murphy man, yeah. maker of news. No, deliverer of... Uh, well, we'll work it out. Mike Murphy, <laughs> Como Buzz with one Z. Any update on the underfunding for the uh, uh, pension plans for police and fire? No. The story's, uh, you know, making it circles. I think the public's becoming more aware of it. I think there's a lot of outrage. I've become more and more convinced that this is uh, what I thought all along, really, is just being kicked down the road. Nobody wants to address it. I think that uh, I hope some city council members are getting onto it. I'm sure their constituents are talking about it. Um, hopefully this gets some momentum to have uh, council address it. The, the issue here, I, I, I talked to quite a few people after the story come out, which is often how it goes, is a simple issue here is this is a long-term problem that needs to be solved. And everybody who works on these problems is short-term, right? City manager short-term, finance director short-term. They don't last. City council members are short-term. They come and go. It's also got, you know, it's sort of a difficult thing to say we're going to spend this money. Maybe it's difficult. I don't know. There's, there's political uh, influence around it. People don't want to spend more on cops. We're going to take a couple million bucks and do this, or we should do it that way. So they just ignore it. Uh, the best analogy I had for it was you sure as heck wouldn't run your family business this way. You wouldn't leave your grandchildren with this $150 million burden and the chance to put them out of business. And uh, somebody's got to, around City Hall, decide that they're going to address this. I think that's what the conversation's going to be. Now we'll see what happens. Uh, certainly wish they would get that figured out one way or another. Uh, and finally, uh, before we run out of time, uh, let us uh, chat about this uh, voluntary Action Center, the $18 million Homeless Services Center. Yeah, we've been talking about that. I think it's getting to be about three years now, actively for two years. Uh, it was controversial at the time. It kind of comes in and out of the news. But the bottom line is, is a $18 million, 53,000 square foot complex out on Business Loop next to the city power plant on a, on a 5.8 acre lot out there. They're going to break ground imminently as soon as weather allows. They've got all their permits in place. Uh, uh, it's, it's moving forward. And what we will have there in 12 to 18 months, it sounds like, is a 125 bed homeless shelter, temporary homeless shelter with uh, a lot of amenities to, uh, you know, a, a kitchen, uh, uh, a TV room, computer room, a, a kennel, uh, medical clinics, dental, mental health clinics, outreach offices, a, and, and all of our, not necessarily all, but the main workers who work with homeless folks here in uh, Columbia all put under one roof out there uh, on Business Loop. 
Uh, now, did you have a chat with Ed Stansbury? We did. We had him on Sunday on Columbia Buzz on Sunday mornings, our, our show from 8 to 10 on Sunday mornings. Uh, he, he's, uh, the questions, the hard questions are that, you know, that get kicked is if you, if you build this, there's a lot of concern. They will come. The concept that we already have, you know, a, a, a significant homeless problem that needs to be dealt with. And this is part of the solution, I suppose. But when you have this kind of an amenity uh, in your town, how many uh, do do homeless people start moving here from, you know, Sedalia and uh, Moberly or Hannibal or Kirksville or St. Louis or Springfield? Probably. So that's out there and yet to be uh, determined. The other thing is more philosophical is when you create this type of an amenity, are you enabling the lifestyle? The, the, the big argument here, there's people who need services, want services, want to get out of homelessness. They need to be helped and, and, and made to be able to move along with their life. They're not the ones causing the problem. The problem are the people who are choosing it as a lifestyle and they're camping and uh, causing the real issue. And the question is, is does this kind of a facility just enable that type of behavior and, and, you, and enable you to live outside of the, the normal norms of, of society? And that uh, remains yet to be seen. Ed had some good answers to that. He said, yeah, but it puts us in contact with us. It allows us to, you know, send our outreach workers to them, try, try to help them. I don't know. We'll see. I think this will play out over the next several years. But the bottom line is, is uh, the news is, is uh, this thing is going to be on its way up. And it's going to be uh, 53,000 square feet is a lot of building. Yeah. And it's almost as big as my house. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, uh, the uh, the radio program, Columbia Buzz, airs on Sunday mornings from 8 until 10 a.m. And my question for you is, do you have any guests lined up for this Sunday? Yeah, we do, as a matter of fact. I've been writing a lot about Boone Health, Boone County Hospital, and their finances, all their struggles since they uh, they separated from BJC Healthcare in St. Louis in 2021. Their estrangement from the county. Uh, they don't talk. They, they, uh, they're private. I've done a lot of sort of like investigative work, uh, making some progress. They've come forward with some numbers. And Brady Dubois, the new CEO of Boone Health, will be our guest on Sunday morning. All the more reason to listen. Yeah. All the more reason. to. But, there, you know, there are already a million reasons to listen because it's uh, informative. And I look forward to hearing it. And I also want to thank you for stopping in this morning and clearing up a few stories My for My pleasure. Us. Thank you. All right. Mike Murphy, Como Buzz with one Z. Uh, dot com. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, Marty has come up, Brian, with a, uh, a, a a name for Mike Murphy. Oh, good. It would be Mike Murphy, the lesser news god. <laughs> I don't think that sounds quite yeah, right no, either. I no, think we've no. got to keep working on it. Yeah. Somewhere along the line, we have to come up with a... Uh, maybe we should do I.I., you know, like the second. <laughs> Mike Murphy... No, nah, doesn't it? Does it just doesn't? I'll work on up. it. I'll come up with something. Yeah, yeah, we'll come up with something. Uh, in the meantime, people are asking me for links to that study uh, about uh, these cholesterol-lowering drugs, and uh, you can find it at Citizen Free Press. I've emailed links to the actual study um, or links to the summary that contain a link to the actual study. Uh, uh, it, it's world. If you're taking a statin, you might want to read this. Uh, because it's it's chock full of information. All right, what is going on with Senator Eigel and the Freedom Caucus in the state of Missouri? We're going to chat about that with Tony Lupo next.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 1135. Glad to have you with us. And uh, let me just uh, do a quick uh, refresher here. Um, Senator Bill Eigel, uh on the floor of the Senate trying to force the Senate to deal with initiative petition process. Then uh, Caleb Rowden the next day said, uh, you know, we're going to punish you for, you know, pushing this as loudly as you did. Or in his, uh, in ex- you know, in an unacceptable way that you did, took away their parking spaces and took away their leadership roles uh, for these Freedom Caucus uh, legislators, including Bill Eichel. Now I am told that there is uh, a letter circulating, and somebody sent me a copy of this. A listener has it, so I'm thinking it's already out there. It's in the zeitgeist, but I don't know. So, uh, Tony Lupo, Professor Lupo, who is uh, the, uh, the the go-to guy uh, for uh, global warming, is also uh, uh, a part of this group that apparently uh, put this letter together. So, is it out, Tony, or is it not? Yes, Gary, it is out, unfortunately, and it was a letter from the Boone County Republican Central Committee, or at least it's signed that way. Uh, that's where the letter originated. And uh, what happened was, you know, a lot of us are frustrated with the way things are going in the Senate. Uh, admittedly, things are really bottled up and there's a lot of back and forth that's getting in the way of getting things done. And we're frustrated. I mean, as as the Central Committee is a body of, of Boone Countyans who have a lot of different opinions and thoughts on things, we said, okay, let's draft a letter and uh, we'll send this to Caleb to let him know that we'd like him to, you know, step up and be a leader. And uh, it was meant only to stay within the committee and never go outside the committee. Somehow it got leaked. And I don't know who leaked it, but boy, it's all over. And I'm getting a lot of uh, requests for comment on it and things like that. So it's taking up a lot of my time. (laughs) So have you made comment to anybody uh, in the news? Not yet. You are the first one. (laughs) Well, we are deeply honored. Can I read this letter out loud? The one to Caleb? Uh, yeah, Senator Caleb Rodden, um, uh, Cindy well, Olaf. We would, we, we would hope that not, just because we don't want this to cause further division. Um, we do have a shorter notice coming out that says yesterday a letter was published on social media in the name of Boone County Republican Central Committee. And that letter itself was only a first draft, which is why we're really a little reluctant to have it out there in the first place. So if I don't read it, somebody listening to us is going to go look for it and they're going to read it. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, if you want to read it afterwards, uh, after I've explained it, that would be fine. But, uh, but it is, but it was a first draft. It was unauthorized and it was one person's opinion, so it hadn't seen the whole committee yet. Um, and again, we're asking, we're asking anybody who's for 
uh, Republican causes and for harmony within the party and within our caucus to retract or delete or forget about this letter. I mean, it's, it's again, it wasn't something that was supposed to be out there. I, I know we can't put the, the cat back in the bag, but it is out there. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of torn because I know everybody wants to know uh, and they're going to go read it. Um, well, yeah, and and one more thing. I take full responsibility. As the chairman of the committee, I am taking full responsibility for the draft and for the fact that it errantly got out. And if anybody has questions, they should uh, uh, email or talk to me. So, All right, so what does the new letter, the abbreviated letter, say? Uh, yes, it says to, it says yesterday, January 24th, a letter was published in the social media channels in the name of the Boone County Republican Central Committee. This letter was a first draft and unauthorized for publication. The committee asked that everyone who shared this post retract or delete any or all postings or comments regarding this letter. Sincerely, Boone County Republican Central Committee. Um, it's it's again something that we hope um, stops. We uh, you know we we don't have the full picture of what's going on down there. And again, when people are frustrated, we may say things that at first blush are f- fairly harsh, and then we need time to think about it and cool off. So, um, all right. Uh- well, you know, I can understand you get angry and you think, you know, and I've done this in my private life. I'll get angry about something and I'll say something and uh, wish I hadn't said it later. Um, and, and so uh, if I had time to cool down, I would. And this looks like uh, this was the emotion of the moment and not um, not where you guys are ultimately headed. Absolutely, absolutely. It it was heat of the moment, and uh, uh, and like you said, we got to have time to cool off, and and the last thing we wanted to do is cause any issues um, or division within our party and our caucus. So, is there? Um, yeah. Do you guys see a solution to this? I mean. Uh, from our vantage point, we don't see much of a solution. You know, we, we don't, a lot of us don't know exactly the rules of how the uh, House and Senate uh, procedures work. And so we're just seeing what we get from the media. And a lot of times it just seems that, uh, that things are paralyzed because of personalities and that's kind of frustrating. All right. Uh, Tony, uh, I wish you the best of luck on this. I, I, anybody who wants to can look it up on the uh, interwebs. It's out there. Uh, I'm not going to push it. Uh, I understand that it's not. Uh, it, it was just a kind of a spur of the moment letter. You're kind of kicking it around. Where do you guys want to go with it? Uh, and that Absolutely. it is not to be taken too seriously at all. All right, Professor. Thank you, Gary. Oh, we appreciate that. All right, Professor, thank All right. you. 
Right, and, and would you do me a favor? Would you knock it off with all this global warming? Because it was freezing to death last week. All oh, the I ice on it. the roads. Knock it off with the warming. Well, I brought you some cooling this week, and that's <laughs> the warmer weather we're experiencing. So, <laughs> Yeah, everybody knows that's how it works. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Take right. care. Thanks, Gary. All right, Professor Tony Lupo. All right, uh, I, I talked about this uh Study and I was looking the study over about statins, and um, I had already had questions because I'd done some some research into this myself. Uh, that these statins have some pretty nasty side effects. I'm not a doctor, and I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you go look at the study, take the study to your doctor, and let them look at it. I got uh, all kinds of requests for links to this thing. You can find it at the Citizen Free Press. Um, and I've emailed out, and, and, and the Citizen Free Press, if you look at the uh, review, there is a link to the study itself, which I've been reading uh, at every commercial break. So I've got some callers on the line. Uh, Brian, should I take this call first? And yeah, then, we can do that. All right, let me get the, uh, the caller on the line here uh, that is on topic. John, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for talking to me. Yes, sir. Hey, so... Um, with interest, I looked at this because I was really kind of stunned that a that an Oreo cookie carries the same efficacy as a as a pharmaceutical drug. And with interest, once again, went and looked at your um, at the article in the Citizen Free Press, uh, and then went to the actual study on that. Um, just a bit of background: um, I'm a registered nurse. I've worked in medicine for the large part of my adult life, uh, worked in cardiology. And when I looked at this study, it has an N, which is are the participants and the people that are studying this, of one. Yeah. So I would just caution us in that to say, hey, this is not just one study. This is one person right. that was studying on this. Um, so just that cautionary tale on that. Um, not saying, once again, that, that statins and all medications don't carry side effects because they do um but once again i just found that that interesting but but thanks for bringing this up yeah i i, I got through the study where i saw it was this one young guy that they uh, they tested um but um i had seen other studies and heard other doctors talking about the efficacy of these statins and what i found interesting was how they talk about uh, cholesterol uh that we need it uh that our bodies uh you know, if you didn't have the cholesterol, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't be alive. No, no, uh, they, uh, and I think that's a hundred percent right. And you know, to be clear, that there are there's really two kinds of cholesterol or two kinds of lipids, fats uh, in this, and one is an HDL, which we usually consider a is which HDL is a high density lipid that we usually consider the the good cholesterol, and then the LDLs, which are the you know quote bad cholesterols in this. Um, and it's it's interesting that if you look at studies not just from the United States that um, in really in looking back historically at this that um, that lipids and fats are really kind of the enemy in America and you know if you look at everything that you go through in the grocery store low this is low fat low fat this low fat that and the problem with that is that in foods. Fats taste good. Uh, bacon's good. Pork chops are good, <laughs> um, partially because of the fat that's in them. And so when 
the uh, when these fat these studies on fats and on lipids came out that that really they focused on um, on those lipids and then the removal of lipids from and those fats from foods. What they replaced it with um, is sugar because that makes it that makes things taste better. And if you take a look at other countries like England, um, England really went the opposite way and they said sugar was the problem and not fats. And England, if you take a look, and so Great Britain and, you know, those countries have a lot lower incidences of cardiovascular disease than the United States and certainly of diabetes than the United States. So once again, you know, it may not be that fat's the enemy, um, but sugar certainly is the enemy. Uh, Bob Adkins was a friend of mine, uh, and uh, you know he was a cardiologist, and he he makes uh, the argument or made the argument before his untimely demise uh, that uh, sugar is the problem, refined carbohydrates are the problem, not the fats, uh, and and I like I said I lost a ton of weight uh, from three hundred and ten pounds to two forty five, uh, just. You know, eating red meat and and uh, some uh, uh, greens, uh, and and it worked. So I'm I'm a hundred percent with you there. You know, as you know, speaking of somebody who, um, you know, was the fat kid his whole life, and you know, was somewhere north of you know three bills easy, um, and now you know weighed myself the other day two oh nine, and I get it. You know that. Um, there's a lot of advantages to that Atkins diet. There really are. There was a book written about this. It, 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 after uh, Dwight, uh, President Eisenhower had a heart attack, uh, somebody did some research, came out with uh, this whole screed against red meat. And there was a book written about four or five years ago that explored those studies. And the mistakes that were made were huge. Uh, and red meat is not the enemy of the world. I got to run, John. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care. I will try and find out the name of that book. I don't remember what it is offhand. Quick break. We'll be right back. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 1154, and I think the book is called The Big Fat Lie. The Big Fat Lie. Uh, but I'm not sure. But I'll give you the basics on the book, and, and uh, if I can get confirmation, I will share it with you. When Dwight Eisenhower had a heart attack, some researcher did some study, looked around at other European countries, and came to the conclusion that red meat was causing uh, the you know caused the heart attack. Not that the president smoked like a fiend. No, no, it was that he was eating red meat. Well, a few years ago, maybe five or six years ago, some researcher got a look at the studies that led to that conclusion, which the government has been pushing for decades, and discovered some peculiarities like where the author went and when they went uh, to look at other countries and their diets, and it was a it was a complete mess. Uh, the author uh, of the original. Uh, who made the original argument about red meat was completely wrong. Uh, and I, I think it was the big fat lie. I'm, I'm just not sure, and I don't have time. I can't do it while I'm on the air, uh, do the homework. But this researcher went through all of those studies, and it, it, it's uh, 
you know, it seems irrefutable, uh, the evidence that uh, the author came up with uh, about the, the mistaken belief that red meat is something horrible. All I know is uh, about, oh, I'm going to say about 10 or 12 years ago, I went in for, a, a, for an update. I was on the Atkins diet, and when the doctor checked my cholesterol, he said he wished that kids uh, uh, that were half my age, uh, their cholesterol looked that good. I don't know. Uh, it worked. It, it, I lost a ton of weight. Check with your doctor. Look at, uh, you know, at, go online and, and do some homework. <coughs> and don't just take one person's word for it. Uh, I looked at several doctors uh, that uh, seemed to think the statins were a bad idea. Uh, and some that uh, thought it was a great idea. You got to make up your own mind. It's just that this study came out coincidentally just as I was looking into this. And it gives me pause. But again, I, I don't think red meat is, uh, is bad for you. Uh, you might want to mix it up a little with some greens. Um, my uh, my go-to is uh, some, uh, uh, not iceberg. I like iceberg lettuce, but I've been getting romaine. Little oil and vinegar, olive oil and vinegar. Throw in some seasoning, sprinkle on some cheese, and I got a meal. Uh, just saying. All right, uh, tomorrow, Mr. Hansen, I believe it is Frost Your Buns Friday. It most certainly is. Wow, this week flew by, didn't it? Didn't it, though? And then uh, Saturday morning, Gary on Guns. I mean, we've, we've got a couple days left, but uh, boy, this week did sail by. Uh, I am. Somebody just sent me a message here. You can send me a message at GaryNolan.com as well, by the way. Uh, don't fold. Read the letter. Uh, we should know how they really feel. Uh, you can look the letter up, uh, Terry. Um, well, yeah, we're not going to broadcast uh, the text of that letter here just to... <laughs> it's it's not appropriate. Yeah. Um, it was a, a rough draft of how they were feeling at the moment, and it's not where they're at. It's a useless letter. It doesn't mean anything. But if you want to look it up and read it, go ahead. Um, it's certainly it's out there. Uh, you just have to uh, do a, a, a quick web search on the interwebs, and, and it'll come up. Um, again, I said uh, I kind of side with Eigel on this. Overall, I wish that the legislature would have addressed it quickly and fixed this IP problem. We got to run whatever it is in life that you want. Go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem, Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.